It's easy to think that politics today are out of control. Seems that the extremes are more extreme than ever, and it's becoming harder and harder for people to find common ground. But as nasty as things seem today, at least no one is getting beaten with a cane on the floor of the Congress. Well, not yet anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we're going to go back in time uh, first and set the stage. From 1854 to 1861, there was a series of violent political confrontations between pro- and anti-slavery states leading up to the start of the American Civil War. At the center of this conflict was the then almost state of Kansas and the question of if it would enter the Union as a slave or free state. This was dubbed the Bleeding Kansas Crisis. Now, during this debate, Charles Sumner, who was a Republican senator from the state of Massachusetts, denounced slavery in the aforementioned region and argued that Kansas should enter the Union as a free state. During his speech, Sumner attacked the authors of the Kansas-Nebraska Act, Senators Stephen A. Douglas of Illinois and Andrew Butler of South Carolina. He brought into question their integrity and even mocking Butler's speech after a recent stroke that he'd suffered. Sumner's speech took two days to deliver over May 19th and 20th in 1856. Now, Sumner had previously been insulted by both men, with Butler insinuating that the Massachusetts senator was sexually attracted to slave women. Now, of course, this was an incredibly inflammatory statement for the 1850s. These guys really didn't like each other. They did not like each other at all. Not at all. (laughs) So let's meet uh, Representative Preston Brooks. He was from South Carolina and was Butler's cousin. And he said that he intended to challenge Sumner to a duel and even met with another representative named Lawrence Keat for pointers on dueling etiquette. (laughs) There's like someone puts a meeting in a diary. (laughs) 11 to 12, dueling etiquette. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's too bad PowerPoint didn't exist. That'd be really fun (laughs) deck to see. A duel is the most powerful point. (sighs) Michael. (laughs) Michael. Brooks later said that he and Keat decided that Sumner was not worthy of a duel, as his coarse language and demeaning manner meant he was no gentleman. Instead, Brooks decided that beating Sumner with a cane in a public setting was a more fitting punishment for his speech. But before we get to this, let's thank FreshBooks for their support of this show. FreshBooks is built to work the way that you do, and really empowers those of us who work online to get their invoicing done quickly and easily. Every time you log into FreshBooks, you see what needs your attention and you'll be in and out in just minutes when you need to get those invoices sent. FreshBooks is beautifully designed, as will be the invoices that you send out. Find out more and try out FreshBooks for 30 days by going to freshbooks.com slash ungeniust. And when you sign up, make sure you put ungeniust in the how you heard about us section. Thank you so much to FreshBooks for their support. Two days after Sumner's speech on the afternoon of May 22nd, Brooks entered the Senate chamber with Keat and another ally, Congressman Henry A. Edmondson. After the galleries were clear, they confronted Sumner, who was at his desk in the now almost empty Senate chamber. Brooks addressed Sumner in a quiet voice. He said, Mr. Sumner, I have read your speech twice over carefully. It is a libel on South Carolina and Mr. Butler, who is a relative of mine. Sumner then stood up from his chair. Then Brooks began raining down repeated blows on Sumner's head with a wooden cane complete with a gold head. The blows were so violent that Sumner lost his sight immediately. He later said, I no longer saw my assailant, nor any other person or object in the room. What I did afterwards was done almost unconsciously, acting under the instincts of self-defense. Sumner collapsed to the floor. 
He became trapped under his desk, which was bolted to the floor. His chair slid toward him, and he was unable to push it away as Brooks continued to strike him. Sumner, no doubt fueled of adrenaline, rose to his feet and ripped the desk from its anchors in an attempt to escape. He staggered up the aisle and, arms outstretched, vainly attempted to defend himself. Brooks continued to beat him across the head, face, and shoulders with the cane. Brooks then broke the cane, but kept striking the senator anyway. At this point, Sumner had fallen again, crying out for help before he lost consciousness. Now, several members of Congress attempted to intervene and pull Brooks off of his attack. However, Brooks' dueling coach, South Carolina Representative Lawrence Keat, revealed his own cane as Uh well as a pistol, holding off any would-be Good Samaritans. Keep was a nasty piece of work. Apparently he was shouting, Let them alone, goddamn you, let them alone, as he threatened those who wanted to help. Holy crap. (laughs) Eventually, two members of Congress were able to plead of Keat to let them help. They restrained Brooks, who then left the chamber. Sumner regained consciousness and was carried out of the Senate to receive medical attention. Brooks was arrested after receiving medical attention for a laceration he sustained while swinging the cane. I like that he injured himself in all of this. Parts of the cane were collected and eventually were put on display at the Old State House Museum in Boston. Other parts were kept by Southern lawmakers who had them turned into rings they wore on necklaces. This was to show their solidarity with Brooks, who boasted, The pieces of my cane are begged for as sacred relics. The two men at the heart of this incident became figureheads for the growing rift in America. Sumner became a martyr in the North and Brooks a hero in the South. Sumner suffered head trauma that caused him chronic, debilitating pain for the rest of his life, and symptoms consistent with what is now known as traumatic brain injury and even post-traumatic stress disorder. In fact, it would be three years before he would return to the Senate. Brooks claimed that he had not intended to kill Sumner, or else he would have used a real weapon. In a speech in the House defending his actions, Brooks stated that he meant no disrespect to the Senate of the United States or the House by his attack on Sumner. That's that's hard to reconcile. <laughs> I mean, do it outside if you're going to do it, you know? Brooks was tried in a District of Columbia court and convicted for assault. He was fined $300, which is 8000 in today's dollars, but received no prison sentence. It's safe to say he got off pretty easily. The New York Evening Post condemned the attack in an editorial that said, Has it come to this, that we must speak with bated breath in the presence of our Southern masters? Are we to be chastised as they chastise their slaves? Are we too slaves, slaves for life, a target for their brutal blows when we do not comport ourselves to please them? I wish the newspapers were still written like that. Uh, In many northern cities, thousands of citizens attended rallies to support Sumner. In the south, Brooks was praised and hundreds mailed him replacement canes. One was ordered to be inscribed with the phrase, hit him again. Representative Anson Burlingame publicly humiliated Brooks by goading him into a duel only to set conditions designed to intimidate Brooks into backing down. So it turns out Burlingame was a crack shot and he had the choice of weapons and dueling ground. He selected rifles on the Canadian side of Niagara Falls, where U.S. anti-dueling laws would not apply. Brooks withdrew his challenge, claiming that he didn't want to expose himself to the risk of violence by traveling through the northern states to get to Niagara Falls. Now, I would just like to point out, being in a duel exposes you to violence, <laughs> but uh, he didn't want to travel through the north. So this is too risky out. for me. This travel is too risky for me to go to this uh, fight to the death. Brooks later went on to threaten Senator Henry Wilson, Sumner's colleague from Massachusetts. 
Wilson called the beating by Brooks brutal, murderous, and cowardly. And in response, Brooks challenged Wilson to a duel. Wilson declined, calling duels barbaric. A motion to expel Brooks from the House of Representatives failed, but he resigned on July 15th in order to permit his constituents to ratify or condemn his conduct via special election. They, as you might imagine, approved of the attack, and Brooks was quickly returned to office in the August 1st special election. He was then re-elected to a new term of office later in 1856, but died before the new term began. Keat, who facilitated Brooks's attack, was censured by the House. He resigned in protest, but his constituents ratified his conduct by overwhelmingly re-electing him to his seat within a month. In 1858, he attempted to choke Representative Galusha Grow of Pennsylvania after Grow called him a name that I won't read here on the air. Well, as always, go to Wikipedia to find out all the juicy details. <laughs> yeah. So I have to say, in preparing for this episode and reading it now with you, as a Southerner, I feel deep shame and regret about everything. Uh, this this is just disgusting. I mean, Sumner wasn't without his faults in this. You know, he was standing in his speech and humiliating other representatives. However, I do think that maybe the retaliation was a bit strong. But as we've clearly seen... Typically, it seems like issues between senators or representatives at this point was just to kill each other anyway. Like, everyone was just dueling everybody else. Uh, (laughs) But this one was just particularly peculiar. Yeah. So we would like to thank Rebecca for emailing this uplifting and warming topic uh, to us this week. If you want to find the links uh, to a bunch of articles about this, you can do so at our website, relay.fm slash ungenist slash 19. There you can get in touch with us. You can send us an email. You can uh, send us a tweet. The show is at Ingenious. Mike is there as I-M-Y-K-E. And you can find me on Twitter at I-S-M-H. And until our next word article, Mike, say goodbye. Goodbye. Adios.